BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs, where here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs, just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all, kept the floor playing, got an all band, y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts, we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I'm your host, Greg Sylvander. Today's floor plan with me, Alex Toledo. Follow him at Tropical Blanket on Twitter and Brady Hawk. Follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Uh, this is a heavy usage day for Brady Hawk. He was also featured on Miami Heat Beat as well. Um, so look out for that whenever it drops. I don't know when it will, but um, definitely excited for that as well. Uh, we are diving into the NBA Finals. I can't believe we're here. And I, there's like a part of me that actually thinks we should still be like dissecting what just took place because of the magnitude of the moment in Game 7. But we got to look ahead. And here comes the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. The Miami Heat face off on Thursday. Uh, is game one, 8.30 tip, Eastern Standard Time on ABC. Nuggets are eight and a half point favorites at the moment. We are going to dive into a preview of the offense and then talk about the defense. Uh, So it's really matchup related between these two teams. We want to just kind of start to understand who the Denver Nuggets are, what the Miami Heat is up against, and what the Miami Heat can do to offset some of the things the Nuggets do great and maybe exploit some things and, and get out in front of it. Before we dive into all that, though, need to tell you about a great sponsor, and it's a good moment for it because it was leaky in the garden. So do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Call Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-579-0356. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, George, their entire team are prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak's been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged area. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, certified to provide the one-stop shopping busy homeowners and business owners require. No need to bring in any other contractors to hinder the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, 
Palm Beach County. Again, they have 24-hour emergency service. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell, 954-579-0356. WCUFL.com is the website you are seeing on your screen right now. Again, that's 954-579-0356. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they got the guts. And the Miami Heat have the guts. And it feels good to do a my uh, uh, an NBA Finals preview, fellas. Um, we're starting here on Heat offense, and we're diving right in. And as I start, as I look back at, at box scores, um, I was box score watching today, uh, and you can't glean a ton from them because of you know how far back you go. The the main thing that I guess I remember from the Lakers series, and I admittedly didn't watch a lot of Denver Nuggets basketball, but I know enough about what they do uh, to know that they're great on the fast break. Um, and uh, obviously their offense has been humming, but also on the defensive end, they're committed to playing in the drop. And so from a heat offensive perspective, I'm immediately thinking, pull up, who are my pull up? killers my my Gabe Vincens and and maybe my Tyler Heroes could have a big series I also think this leans bam out of bio from a Miami Heat offense perspective just by virtue of that drop um where bam can get on the floor I think the Heat have the chance to really score on the Denver Nuggets that's my initial feeling here Brady I'm going to cue you up first um where when you when you look at the Heat offense if the Nuggets commit to playing in that drop what what are you looking for early in the series? Just main takeaways. Am I am I simplifying this too much? Should we be looking for different looks from Denver uh, on the on the defensive side? What do you think the Heat are trying to get to offensively? So you hit on the pull up shooting. I think that's a primary reason. Let's even go back to what they did well against Milwaukee. You have a team that's playing in a similar range, except they have an elite rim protector to sub in instead of Jokic and Brook Lopez, and they have an elite screen navigator to sub in with Drew Holiday instead of Jamal Murray. So, like, a lot of that, if you could get to certain spots and, and hit your mid-range pull-ups, which is something they've done a lot of on this run, that obviously helps. But then there's the other elements. There's a lot to unpack with this offense, it feels like, because there's certain, there's certain this does not feel like a one-dimensional series for them offensively. It does not feel like there's one opening. There's things Jimmy can do in terms of hunting mismatches. He can still get the Jamal Murrays of the world on his back, or they're called Will Popes and try to fix those mismatches. Uh, but I'll start here. The I was if game seven hypothetically against Boston, the reason was going to be because Boston found out that Jimmy Butler bam out of bio pick and roll. Like that was what it was going to be. Because as we saw in the late in that series, they put length out on Jimmy. He was flattened out. They put a smaller guy in Bam, and his post ups weren't working. And it was literally being run into the ground. Where if it wasn't for a lot of their role players stepping up, I don't know where they would be. Now I look forward into this Denver series and I say Jimmy Butler bail out a bio pick and roll is going to save their series. Right. Like that is what is they're going to lean on. Uh, for one, he can Jimmy can have a lot more comfortable looks with the pull-ups. Uh, number two, they're going to do certain things to kind of get Bam going on the roll in the pocket. And that was kind of my main takeaway today. Is for let me just start here as well and say that the two games in the regular season mean absolutely nothing. Like there's yeah. nothing to take away from those We've games. I was looking at I was that. like it was literally like there's Jimmy cooking DeAndre Jordan. There's Bones Highland cooking Miami. There's the fact that there's literally the three guys on Miami's bench in the second Denver game was Jamari Boye, Haywood Highsmith, and Orlando Robinson. There's yeah. nothing to take away from that. There's literally zero to take away from those games. So now we start in the fact of uh, what to look forward to. You mentioned Bam Adebayo. I think he's absolutely critical just because if 
they're going to send two to the ball, and they mostly will on a lot of this stuff. If it's Duncan, if it's Max, if it's Tyler, if it's anybody down the line, Bam's going to have a plethora of four-on-threes. And that's not even saying that he has to go out there and drop 25 at night. We obviously know that. He just has to be decisive and make the right plays because he is going to have the ball in his hands a ton to make plays, and he's going to have to be uh, in that range because they're going to move Jokic around uh, in that pick-and-roll coverage. They're going to start – if they want to start worrying about shooters, they're going to play him higher up to the level of the screen. Bam's going to be working those four and threes. He's going to have the much smaller defenders to work on the back line. There's going to be opportunities. Uh, there's there's the the fact that they can lean on other stuff for Jimmy as well with empty corner stuff to kind of manipulate Jokic in the pick and roll. Uh, there's stuff, I guess, off with some of the stuff. We, we keep talking about Kayla Martin a ton. And I remember we've said this on, on previous series, like podcasts, where I was like, we cannot say Kayla Martin is the X factor anymore in every series. Like if he's the X factor in every single series, he's no longer an X factor. He's just, You're he's right. Kayla Martin now. Uh, and I look at that now because he's still the guy that Denver's going to help off of. He's the guy that like Aaron Gordon's going to see a lot of Jimmy, but he's also going to see a lot of Kayla Martin because they're going to put him down at the baseline and say, if Jimmy drives, you're sending over for help and you're doubling Jimmy around the rim. Kayla Martin's going to have opportunities again. So it's like, there's that element. There's so many different ways that they, I feel like they can, go about things. And I said this on, on the heapy podcast earlier. I was like the main difference of this year and last year is there's so much more offensive versatility with this team compared to last year. And a lot of that is just because honestly, you're flipping Caleb for PJ. Like there's just so much more you could do just because of that very reason. And it's opened up things. And this is even without Tyler, they're still able to have that offensive versatility. Uh, and then obviously we'll get into it in a little bit, maybe what the, uh, going forward, what Tyler could obviously do to this dimension, but just on the surface, it feels like it's a lot of BAM this series. Easier looks for Jimmy. Uh, and then, obviously, this is the two best three-point shooting teams in the playoffs right now. And it feels like in the game of basketball, that matters. <laughs> like, when you're sitting here looking at those two stats at the top of the league right now, and there's the two teams, the finalists, like, it, that adds up. It, it does. And, you know, the Heat needed the shooting to come back uh, for them to make this run. Every game they didn't win – um, <laughs> shooting 54%, but damn, that shit helps. And it feels good to see those guys kind of coming back to life because uh, the three-point shooting was so suspect all season long. Um, I'm interested with the two-man stuff with, uh, with Jimmy and Bam, how quickly they get into that. And then also, I just, I'm not sold on Denver's defense. And I think that with movement, they can bend that defense and they can find a lot of sweet spots. Alex, out of all the pull-up threats specifically, um, who's the guy? And I guess like, I guess the easy answer, I hate to just lob you softballs is Gabe Vincent here, but uh, Brady alluded to Tyler hero showing up, but I also think there's other guys that we could talk about that could have a big series, not just because of drop coverage and stuff like that, but also because of just straight up movement. And I don't know how much Denver's prepared for that. Uh, what's your take on how Miami will approach the series offensively? Well, I think um, it's going to be interesting to see first what Mike Malone imposes kind of as his base defense. And sorry if my voice sounds a little shaky. Uh, you know, I was trying to get some content out here for the network in the rain last night on the streets of Hialeah as everybody was celebrating and not. Yeah, now I'm getting sick. But anyways, um, it's funny because I think Malone, you know, I, I respect him. I, I think he's done a lot of stuff in this playoffs, I think, defensively. And that's kind of what's separated the Nuggets, I think, from some of their past runs is the defensive versatility they have now, even though it's always been kind of known that, you know, it may be tough to build 
a very good playoff defense around Jokic and Murray, right? Not that those guys don't try or anything like that. They're complete traffic cones, but they're not awesome defenders. Um, they've kind of worked around it. You know, those guys are, 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 like I said, they're not traffic cones, but they also have, you know, acquired these guys over the years between Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown and KCP, you know, the Christian Brown, the rookie, you know, he's not going to make a huge difference, but just guys who can step on the floor and defend Jeff Green, right? Um, so they can do a little bit more. And you saw um, last series that they were kind of switchy. So I'm interested to see if they're going to be doing some switching versus the Heat. I'm assuming that's not going to be the case versus Jokic. They typically, um, I think for the season, their base defense was kind of um, having Jokic come up to the level, whether it's, you know, in a kind of a, a hard show and recover or just like Brady was talking about there, there's going to be plenty of opportunities if you're trying to attack Jokic where you're going to end up with the four on threes. And that's probably the most obvious form of offense, right? It's just, <clears throat> excuse me again, just getting the big man outside of the paint um, and trying to get Jokic to cover as much ground as you can. And that is, like you said, you nailed it with the ball movement. I think um, that's been the also just the biggest difference between the Heat's playoff offense and their regular season offense. Is, yeah. Like the everything is it feels a lot more smooth now, and you know some of that may just be more shots falling, and because I wouldn't say the process was terrible during the season, anything like that. But it feels like you know their their offense is kind of peaking at the right time, and I know that's kind of a, a sports cliche, but it's happening. It's happening, and I don't. Some of it is you know like you could say you you know they're not going to shoot forty five percent from three or whatever for um forever, but in general, I just think they're getting to good looks because of. Um, their ball movement, and now they're going to go against maybe the softest defense they've gone against in the playoffs. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe the Knicks. May, I, I think maybe the Knicks are a little worse. They're, they're kind of. You know, they're the Knicks. Other than that, um, I know I'm going all over the place right now. I, I'm just interested to see first, like I said, if he's going to, um, like, what the base defense is going to be with Jokic when he's on the you know, hunted on the screen. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be switching going on with a lot of their other players that I mentioned who are pretty good defenders. Um, and, yeah, the, like if they decide to drop, which we've seen teams drop against the Heat in the past and in and, and in recent times, um, they've got their answers there. And that's kind of my whole thing is they know what stuff they can get to depending on the coverage. And I think that's kind of what they figured out. And it's crazy, like just hearing Brady talk about you know, they're a better offensive team now because of the roster construction and this and that. They're finally leaning offense. Remember all the whole summer of us speculating that they were going to lean into offense a little more, and it just did not work out for the whole season. Now here we are in the playoffs talking about their offense, um, you know, making all these strides and peaking at the right time. Um, there's going to be plenty of ways to attack. Like the Nuggets are a much softer defense than the Celtics and Bucks. You give them credit because they're, they're not a bad defense. But – you know, you've kind of gone through the toughest hurdles when it comes to that. Just a team with a lot of built-in counters just because of the roster construction, whereas the Jokic stuff, the Jokic and Murray stuff, like those guys have to be on the court for 40-something minutes, you know, during the finals. So they're going to be kind of playing around that. Um, it's I, I'm honestly just interested uh, to see all the different ways that he can attack those guys in space. You know, like Brady mentioned, burying – but Jesus, bullying Murray, bullying KCP, Ishmith, if he gets playing time, he, he'll bully Christian Brown, the rookie. That's going to be interesting, right? And then I'm sure they're going to go to the Aaron Gordon at the five lineups when, you, when the rare times Jokic does sit 
and they'll be probably switching everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, the Nuggets are not as tough defensively as these other teams, but they've just got a lot more stable guys there now. Um, this is this might be the easiest, I, I think, challenge from that side of the of the ball that they've had in this playoff run, just because you you really can't just go at those two guys over and over. And I think you have to. It's easier said than done because I, I, these other teams that they just played could have said the same thing, right? Have LeBron right. and AD just go at Murray and Jokic and all these different ways. And the, I'm sure the Suns were saying it like, you know, you have Booker, you have KD, and they had Chris Paul. It's like it's plenty of guys who can, in theory, take advantage of these matchups, and they haven't done it yet. You know, they haven't been able to do it. I, I think the Heat maybe aren't as good offensively as some of those teams. That's true. Right? Like, but, like, they don't have the exact firepower that the Suns had up top but they just move the ball so well and i think you know in general have guys who are pretty good decision makers don't take dumb shots and they will be able to get to plenty of looks i think versus the nuggets defense so we ain't we're not doing the whole offensive preview because i think we've all landed in the place where we expect and correct me if i'm wrong if i am not summarizing how y'all feel uh please let me know we all feel like miami can get to their offense in this series they can score enough oh, one quick thing i forgot to mention my bad to interrupt you um they give, they give up uh i think the sixth or seventh most attempts at the rim you know just during the season i wasn't able to look up um what that's looked like during the playoffs yet but um i think a lot of that has to do with the stuff we're talking about it's just how often they're playing they end up in a four on three situation on defense and then guys kind of you know will get stuff at the rim whether off a cut or just off a of ball movement and they don't necessarily defend the rim. Like the, the actual percentage of shots made against them at the rim is not good either. So the, the Heat, I think their attacking in general has been good throughout this playoff run. And their process, it, like I, just like I mentioned before, is going to get them several good looks with the way that this Nuggets team defends. At the rim is where we're going to finish here on offense. Um, and that's going to come down to Jimmy Butler because I think – we can't do the whole offensive preview without mentioning Jimmy Butler. One, because he's the damn key cog of this whole thing. And so we don't think they're going to throw, they're going to flash two at him right at the beginning of the damn game. Do we ready? Like they're, they're going to ease into the two on the ball stuff. And so who starts out on Jimmy? What do you think Jimmy is going to try to exploit? Is it, is it really the bully mismatch hunting that we were, that we're used to? Or is there different pockets of the court that we may we may find Jimmy Butler specifically and on offense this series? Yeah, I think they're gonna force him into the pull up early at least. That would just be my belief. So I think they play in that like mid to deep drop at, on those kind of pick and rolls and try to force uh, Jimmy and Bam to hit jumpers. That's kind of the daring thing you do to start a series. And if they are, then you adjust. Then you start playing higher. And then obviously Miami's offense can roll from there. Who do they throw at Jimmy? It seems to be that the consensus is Aaron Gordon just because there's the the physicality factor there's the uh there's just certain things I think that Aaron Aaron Gordon could do that obviously nobody else on that roster can can do to him so that'll be interesting but like I said uh I don't really think it's it's as worrisome as like a Boston match they flatten you out and then they flatten you out again and they flatten you out again it's like I think he could still find the right matchups on the floor because if Aaron Gordon's on you you can pull Jokic, Jokic into the pick and roll. If he's if you don't want to do that, you pull Gabe or Max comes to get a guard screen, and if they want to fight through, you can find gaps, get to the rim. If they're going to switch it, then you can get into your offense. So it's like, to your point, it's a lot smoother than we've seen throughout this postseason in theory. It may not be. 
Like, yeah, let's let's right. not just sit and act like it's we're just going to see a smooth 120 point offense. Uh, but in theory, there's ways to operate against it. And like to your to your rim protection point, that's the big point here. It's all about the fact that this team does. It, we started out this run talking about rim protection. That there's nothing you can really get around the around the rim because the Bucks are going to pack the paint absolutely, and they're going to make you shoot those in between jumpers. Now we're at a point where you can get really good looks around the rim. You can just not only just kind of go around Jokic around the rim, but also if you pull him up high enough, there's there's times like I was showing clips on Twitter earlier where there's times where they've manipulated stuff where they get off ball switches, let's say for a Jimmy on a Jamal Murray, then all of a sudden is on the other side, of the, on the strong side, getting it on the roll, and Jamal Murray's your rim protector on the weak side. Like they can manipulate stuff in a way to find easy opportunities at the rim where as like, I haven't seen them able to do like against a Boston or a Milwaukee or even a Knicks team. So uh, we'll see what they're able to do. Jimmy is still the guy that you're going to go to mo- most, but I'll finish here and say that the, the one thing I said earlier, the one wrinkle that Miami has in their pocket that we haven't seen yet, that they're going to lean on heavier than anything, I believe is the Jimmy Butler as a roller thing. I really think they go to that. I, it's there's it. We haven't seen much of it when he's off ball. He's been either in the corner dunker spots different areas of the floor. It's something they've gone to in past regular seasons a ton. Uh, but there's just an opportunity here. When you have, if, if it's Gabe, if it's a shooter, they're going to send through the ball a lot, and there's opportunities off the slip for Jimmy. And it's all about finding easier This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash Miami Heat. Opportunities for him to score, and as I said about the lack of rim protection, give it to him on the short roll to make, just try to just score with ease kind of in, in a shorter range. Like, that is the idea here. Uh, and like I said, there's not much to take from those two regular season games this year, but it's something they've relied on a lot. They, there's, there's opportunities there for Jimmy on that short roll. So I'm interested to see if they... At times, if they want to get him not to be as high usage on ball when they try to find where to put him off ball, that's the place I think they do it. Yeah, that that's an interesting element of this. Um, I I think we're all in agreement that the Heat, like I said, are okay offensively here. But I also want to throw a caveat is that I, I don't think the Heat want this to be a 120 point per game kind of series. Like they're going to look for ways to slow this down and to muck the game up. And where are they going to look to do that? I don't think it's going to be on the offensive side. It's on the defensive side of the ball. So that's where we're going to go next. But before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, and that's A Aggressive Insurance. Insurance by Lynette.com 
is a broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years, offering auto, homeowners, condo, life insurance, retirement programs, free notary service to every client, representing all the leading insurance carriers in South Florida. So if you have a bad driving record, no problem. No driver is refused. Free phone quotes, 954-581-8800. That's where you can get that quote, 954-581-8800. Insurance by Lynette.com. That's with two N's and two T's in Lynette. A aggressive insurance, 954-581-8800. And another of our great sponsors is the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Prize Picks. Y'all know the code FIVE5. You're going to use that code to double your initial deposit up to $100. This is the time to play prize picks. The finals is a lot of fun. You choose your favorite players, choose your favorite stats, choose if they're going to go more or less over or under the numbers. It's daily fantasy simplified. You can win up to 10 times your money, flex plays, power plays, mixing sports. It's super fun. Get on board before NFL season gets here. Use the code 5FIVE to get your initial deposit matched up to $100. So it's Miami Heat defense. And that's the hallmark of the Miami Heat. It always is. And that's where they're going to lean in this series. So this is where we're devoting more of our attention, I feel like. And my initial thought is this. How the hell are you going to play zone against Jokic? How the hell are you going to do that? I don't see a world where that's the quote-unquote base defense in this series. But y'all correct me if I'm wrong, reel me in if I'm going too far, because I may have already gone too far thinking that the Nuggets are going to play and drop and, and they're going to sw- be switch heavy because who? I, what the hell do I know? Um, Alex, I'll start with you here. Where do you think Miami goes to start this game or to start this series defensively? Where Where is your head about the zone specifically just because of the – the gargantuan impact of the one player that is Nikola Jokic and everything that he can do. I have some ideas about maybe what they can necessarily do to mitigate some of that, but on the zone specifically, Alex, what do you think the Heat are going to do defensively? Do they lean into it or do they go away from it completely? Yeah, I'm not sure that they lean into it this series. I got to be honest, Um, specifically not with Jokic on the floor, which is going to be most of the time. Um, They've got two guys who will, uh, I think, get into the zone and but specifically just Jokic planted into in the middle of the zone there picking you apart sounds like a terrible time and I think like you asked you know what the hell should you do and that's kind of the big question I think with the heat on defense they're going to have their hands full Bam Adebayo is going to have his hands full maybe Kevin Love is going to have his hands full I don't know where they're going to go yet um you know it depends on what the starting lineup is as well that's a great too. point um you know I think if Caleb is still the starter, then some of the matchups work out pretty well. Like you can have Bam on Jokic. You can have um, Jimmy helping off of Aaron Gordon. You can have Caleb guarding Murray. You could have Gabe guarding Murray. However, you kind of want to figure that out. Max on Porter. And then, you know, whoever isn't guarding Murray is guarding KCP, whatever. That's all fine and well. But then when you talk about actual scheme, it's still it's still tough because um, – Jokic has like 50 pounds on Bam, and I think Bam is maybe the best, most unique defender in the world as far as like being able to cover just about everybody one-on-one. He's obviously more than just a one-on-one defender as well, but I think that is what makes him most unique, can cover just about any scheme. 
And I think that's something that really stands out versus Boston, even when the offense is not doing its thing. Like he he just I mean, he was amazing last night, even for his standards. Um, I know I mentioned that, but this is going to be a tougher series for Bam because all that versatility stuff might go out the window a little bit. Right. Um, I think you might have to they might have to settle on like what they like the most with covering Jokic and he's going to have his hands full. I, I think, you know, like I mentioned, the 50 pound um, edge, he's got the skill level, the touch, the guy is an absolute three level scorer. He'll pick apart any zone. He'll pick, he'll pick apart aggressive defenses that are constantly helping off. And that's exactly what the heat do. And that's kind of what makes me nervous about this. And it would also makes me interested. You know, I love this, this time before a series starts because it's a blank slate. Like I always say, I don't, I'm not sure what's going to happen yet. And I'm interested to see what Spo comes out with, because there are different ways you can go about this. Like, do you front Jokic from the start with Bam? If, um, if you're starting off with that smaller lineup and then kind of just make sure that, that your rotations are always good on the back line, you know, we saw them kind of do that with um, Bam versus Embiid um, last year. I think that might be something worth trying, but just having Bam slotted on Jokic full, like full time, I think is going to be tough. Uh, I get in foul trouble, and that's the last thing you want is Bam getting into early foul trouble, which is why I think maybe they do go back to Caleb in the starting lineup. It's just so tough to think about because Caleb has just been essential. And like you mentioned, he's not an X-factor anymore. He's just their third-best player, you know, especially in the time being without Tyler Hero. He's just kind of their third-best player at this point. So putting him back on the bench, even though he was great there and all that, it's it's risky because he just he's been playing phenomenal. But I, I think maybe you do slot love on Jokic, see how it looks try to see if he can eat up some of those possessions and you have bam helping off of aaron gordon um gabe on murray uh max on porter etc i just think from there you know it's about what option they choose to start with and maybe you switch some of the non-jokic actions but anything involving Jokic, i don't be think careful and like i know jimmy is great at guarding up and making guys uncomfortable the Jokic, he's just too much. It's too much. Like, he can't do what he does to Embiid sometimes because Jokic is, is such a master at picking dudes apart. He's not going to just turn over the ball like Embiid does. He, I Caleb, too, is too small. He can't do it. Oh, yeah. Nobody – I don't want Kyle Lowry guarding up on Nikola Jokic, all right? I like him guarding <laughs> up on, on wings, not – I was literally going to say that. I, I could picture that already. And, and if they do that, it's most likely going to be with those doubles. I don't want him picking apart doubles either. And, like, we already – like I mentioned before, like, they just love to help off a lot. I don't want them helping off Murray. I don't want them helping off KCP. Don't want them helping off Michael Porter. The guys who I wouldn't mind it with are Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown. That's kind of where I've settled on. I know, you know, they might burn you here and there, but I'm not worried about those guys. Like, I, I think even Smart and Derek White are better shooters than those guys, and that's kind of the ones that they let shoot in this past series um, just for – Point of reference. I know I'm rambling everywhere. It's because I've had a lot of thoughts about how this is going to play out on defense. I'm not sure um, where it's going to go. I would I would almost like to see Spo kind of switch up some of his defensive principles um, when it comes to the helping off and just kind of be very tight with, okay, we're, and this is where I'm talking about the versatility going out the window because you can do different stuff. But if you're just like, okay, we're not switching Jokic off. Okay, I mean, Bam off Jokic. Um, we're staying home on their, on their, dangerous shooters that's kind of the opposite of what they've been all season which is just helping off and constantly switching up schemes i don't know how much of that you can do i think you got to figure out what works you know you could still mix up things here and there off ball switching all of that um but you have to figure out like your Jokic rules and 
don't let him pick you apart because one thing you know i mentioned on the defense is on, on for the nuggets defense how much they give up at the rim on offense they get the second most attempts at the rim mm-hmm. and it's obviously because Jokic is going to get you stuff there um with his size and skill murray's going to get you stuff there but they get so many easy stuff just because of you know the high level of playmaking and i think you got to cut off those looks and even like helping off brown and gordon is going to be risky because sometimes they're going to burn you with cuts um there's no easy answer right and I, I think i mentioned that a lot for the buck series but that versatility might go out the window a little bit that that's an interesting part of this that i didn't really consider that the versatility the more rigid you get the less you know you can flex on some of this stuff and i don't love the idea of bam out of bio being on Jokic because of the foul issue that's the thing that that um rubs me the wrong way so brady this is my game plan you tell me if it will work or not what you would adjust differently on defense i'm thinking this i'm thinking and it's counterintuitive because to say caleb martin goes back to the bench just it's, it's almost ridiculous to say out loud so like to your point alex he has been the third best player on an nba finals team Tyler Hero's coming back, and I think that's going to be a good boost off the bench. Um, But there's a part of me that thinks there's a sensibility in starting Kevin Love and putting his ass on Jokic and saying Jokic is going to get what Jokic is going to get. Jamal Murray is done. We're snuffing him out in this series, and we're going to help off Aaron Gordon, and Jokic can get his all day long, but we're not letting the others kill us. Um... How much of that can they get to with Jamal Murray and slowing him down? How do you think they handle that? Do they, is that the point of emphasis, Jamal Murray, instead of Jokic? Because you can't stop Jokic anyway. Um, And I guess just to close the loop on defense, uh, your thoughts on the zone and just what you think Miami will get into and what they can exploit. Uh, But we, you know, the lineup is a big part of this. And do you think that there is, any plausibility to the idea of letting Jokic get his, but saying Jamal Murray is the guy we're not letting kill us. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's a pick your poison thing with this team. It's like, it's not only Jokic or Murray, it's Jokic or the others. Like, it's like, are you staying home on shooters and saying, we're not letting him, his playmaking beat us, or are you helping down? And you're saying we're not letting his scoring beat us. So that's kind of your point with the love thing. Uh, when I, I was, I'm going to be honest, when we were, when the Miami was up 3-0, I was already thinking about this series a little bit and thinking about these specific matchups. And I was thinking about the love factor because it was like, love makes more sense in this series. It, he does. He, if you can put him there and to your guys' point, the Bama and Aaron Gordon thing is exactly what you want. Bam or Jimmy roaming. is going to be a full-on helper. Yeah, roaming. One of those two guys is going to be roaming at all times. Like That is basically what they want. It's pretty much what they did in the Knicks series where Miami started in the Bucks series with Jimmy on ball. Then they go to the Knicks series and they say, well, Gabe, you're guarding Brunson, and Jimmy's just going to be waiting in the paint with one foot in the paint no matter what Brunson drives. He's probably going to score still, but he's going to be swarming. That's why Brunson just had an incredible series. That's what you need to do, Jamal Murray, to your point. You need to be able to – they can throw different guys. Talk about versatility. They have Gabe to throw at him, which I think is probably going to be his primary defender. But they have the Jimmy on ball factor. They have the Caleb factor. And then they have another guy in the regular season matchup that saw him to actually start the game, which was Haywood Highsmith. And I think that is their backup five. I think it should be their backup five. You guys were talking before about Aaron Gordon being the backup five for Denver. Quote, unquote, I know Jeff Green is playing in those roles too, in that role sometimes. But Aaron Gordon's their backup five. You can play Haywood Highsmith in that range defensively. Uh, You could switch everything. And to answer your other question, Greg, 
there, this is the one point of the game that you can play zone because if, when they play Haywood Highsmith, most of the time they play him, they play zone. And if they have Aaron Gordon at the five, that means Jokic is on the bench and you can play Correct. zone in those minutes. So it makes a lot of sense when they can lean into that with Haywood. So I think Haywood makes, and I know I said this in the Boston series and they didn't go to it till a little bit in game five and then obviously game seven, but it makes sense for him to play. And, and if we're going to look forward a little bit more and say Tyler Hero returns, let's say at some point, in, let's say a game three or game four situation, uh, it doesn't make sense to play. You cannot play Kevin Love in those minutes because you cannot have Kevin Love on the floor with a Tyler Hero and a Duncan Robinson or a Tyler That's Hero right. and a Max Schroes when you have all these guys. You cannot do that. You have to play Haywood Highsmith. You're even forced into it even more. And I think it, it, it's better for them. I'm glad that that's the case because I think they need to lean in that direction. Uh, but I still think Kevin Love gets minutes. I think he's a, he's a kind of an innings eater. He could kind of just guard Jokic in that way, like you said before. He can maybe stretch the floor and do some things offensively in small minutes. Uh, but the starting thing is difficult because I could definitely see it, but I'd still go back to the fact that I'm just watching Caleb Martin play basketball, yeah, and I just not gonna I just can't I just can't see it right now. And it's like we started before, and I said this earlier too. Where I was like, we remember we were saying like, yo, you cannot move Caleb Martin into the starting lineup because he's found his role off the bench. He really hasn't. He's just Caleb Martin. Like, this is yeah. just him. It's not that he's in a good bench role. He is just, just a, a really good basketball player. He's a hooper. So you need to play him. Uh, and like I said before, on the offensive side, he could do things to kind of help off-wise, and he can make them pay just like he has in previous series. But more importantly, he can do things defensively to help Jimmy play his role uh, as that other helper and stuff. So uh, it, it's, it's just a hard factor because to your guys' point about, like, the pick-your-poison thing, it's just so hard to say to yourself, like, just let Jokic get his. It's a weird dynamic because it sounds like bad when you say it out loud. Yeah. But it's like you kind of have to 16. pick something. Right. <laughs> but I guess you have to choose something, though. Like, you cannot just go out there and play both because you've seen what he's able to do. Uh, and I don't think there's a better matchup in this series. Talk about, like, a like a like absolute, like, Hooper series. Spolstra, like, scheming against Jokic. Like, we've seen what Spo's been able to do against Embiid in the past playoff series, and he's been able to kind of do stuff to Philly in a way. That's why we always feel comfortable in those in those series. But Jokic isn't Embiid. He's a totally different player. Uh, he's hard to scheme around and do things defensively. Uh, luckily, Miami has, as much as they're going to say, you, you know, Jokic is just a special player, so Bam is in no way, as good as Bam is, is not going to just stop Nikola Jokic. That's not going to yeah. happen. We but need he to has dead a that guy, narrative. Yeah, that's not just because Jokic comes out and has a triple double at some point. It's not because Bam is getting like it. It's just we I already know that's coming. But either way, they have a deploy a guy to deploy that is literally a walking defensive coverage. So to finish this up, I'll say I don't think they have a defensive base in the series. I don't think at one point in the series they have a base. I think there's points where they could go drop where they say we're closing off Jokic and Jamal Murray. You have to worry about his pull up shooting. Like that's the part. So then all. All of a sudden, now you don't want his pull-up shooting. You're going to start switching. Well, now Jimmy's fronting Jokic, and they're sending help back line. Okay, now the next possession, they throw in zone, or they throw in a different matchup, and then Kevin loves an innings eater. Like, all the stuff we're talking about, I don't think it's one or the other. I just think it's possession by possession. They have to mix it up because it's just so hard to deal with. That is so much fun. The idea that Spolster is going to go that mad scientist on this in the NBA Finals on this stage, and you're right. I think that it's going to take that to get this done. I also think... You're dead on in that Kevin level get 12 good minutes of getting his ass whooped by Nikola Jokic every night. How do they how do they get to the love minutes if they're not starting him? That's kind of what I'm concerned about. Because I, I agree, I want him taking on those things. Like I know he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna stop 
Joker or anything like that. I just think, you know, you have one of those guys between Bam or Jimmy, like Brady said, helping off and you do the best you can at that point, specifically Bam, right? Like if you have Bam helping off Aaron Gordon, you just he just has to make sure to be there in the paint because um, the other thing is like Jokic is considered slow and he is, but, you know, he's a lot faster than Kevin Love. And I'm not trying to trash Kevin Love. I'm just saying like Nikola Jokic with the ball in his hands. Oh, yeah, he's pretty damn quick. Like he plays with a lot of force, not just because of the weight, like, he moves well with the ball. He has a he has a good a great handle for a big. Obviously, an incredible passer. Like he's just such a damn problem. And oh boy, Bam is gonna have his hands full. But yeah, like how do you get to the love minutes if he's not starting? Because like Brady mentioned, I think Highsmith as the back of five is the, is the right move. I think that's mm-hmm. you know them leaning into it at the end of the series. It, it works perfectly. Like Brady was talking about with Gordon at the five. So nothing makes sense. Right? What, what do you do? And let me just say that also that the the uh, other thing against the Kevin Love thing is like we're picturing like yeah Kevin Love can just guard Jokic down the low post but we're not thinking about the fact that that means Kevin Love is literally in every single offensive action like every um, action for the Nuggets that means Kevin Love is in so that's where the problem style. lies because now he's either recover. playing drop or show and recover and then now Nuggets are playing their motion offense so it's really there's very like a very minor mm. margin for error so that's why I I don't lean in the, in the Kevin Love direction, even though I could see it for small minutes, it's like, that part of it's difficult, because it's like, you're literally go- Jokic is in every single action, if he's not playmaking, he's screening, or he's scoring, or something, he's involved in everything, so it's, it's it would be a really tough role for him No, I think that's a good point I think I'll end by saying this, that I've probably spent the majority of this episode thinking about what the Heat are going to do to handle Denver. And I think maybe a part of this needs to be the heat going in with the mindset of we are who we are and, and we're going to play our game and y'all stop us and y'all beat us. Y'all defend us. Um, And so that's where uh, I think the heat have to lean in offense. We've kind of, we've said that here as well. And, but there's a fine line, the margin for error part of it, I think is huge, but also getting into a shootout. If this becomes a transition battle, like I don't necessarily think that favors Miami in any big way. So that's another element of it that I'm interested to watch. We're going to talk a lot more about this series. This was just our offense defense preview. We're getting set. Our minds are still kind of in game seven. Let's be honest here. We're all still a little punch drunk from what was such a historic night for the Miami Heat as they're back in the NBA finals. Thank you for joining us. We'll have you covered the rest of the week leading up to game one. For Brady, for Alex, myself, Ethan will be back. He's traveling to Denver to cover the NBA finals for the network. Follow him and Mateo Mayorga for coverage uh, on the ground in Denver as we get ready for the NBA finals. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.